This episode of Satellite Sisters Talk TV is brought to you by The Recapery, the historical media podcast from our friends, The History Chicks. Starting on Mother's Day, May 13th, Beckett and Susan will be recapping the new masterpiece adaptation of Louisa May Alcott's classic, Little Women. Find The Recapery wherever you listen to your podcast or at thehistorychicks.com. Listening to Satellite Sisters Talk TV. I'm Leanne Dolan here in Los Angeles with my sister Julie Dolan in Dallas, Texas. This is our weekly recap of the CBS drama Madam Secretary. This week was season four, episode 20, The Things We Get to Say. All right, uh-huh. <laughs> Nailed it. That was that was that was excellent work. You know, you got the episode, the season. The title, you just don't get that kind of recaps anywhere, Leanne. Thank, good, well done. Thank you. Um, okay. Uh, first, I wrote down the way we were, and I was like, that is not the name of this episode. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> okay. no, that's, that's been done. That's taken. <laughs> All right. Julie, let's just take a moment and cheer the fact that this was a single straight line narrative. This episode, there are no bobbing, weaving, and dovetailing storylines like last week, where I think our recap was longer than the show. If I'm, I, it might have been Leanne. I mean, no time travel. You know, no. I mean, she's gone nowhere. She's just in the office, in the home, just ar- around town in Washington. That's that's it. Yeah, 48 hours, uh, two days in the life of Madam Secretary as seen through the eyes of a journalist. So this is a classic setup. It's like the mockumentary or, you know, the the journalistic setup, totally fine that uh, the show opens and we see this journalist from the Washington Chronicle, the fictional Washington Chronicle. And even though he doesn't really write profiles, he's gotten the nod to write uh, a profile on Madam Secretary for the paper. And right, because he's a serious war correspondent. Yes, you know, yes. he's spent time in Afghanistan, you know, in Syria, in Iran. He knows all these places. I mean, he has a serious permanent scowl on his face. It's like a <laughs> permanent sourpuss, mm-hmm. a permanent permapuss. Can I call him that? <laughs> well... Many people in the profession of journalism wear that same look. I think particularly these days when newsrooms are getting cut back and cut back. And we see him as it opens uh, that, you know, he, he's no, there's no longer any war coverage. He can't sell that book proposal. Uh, so he's got to take this work because it could be his, like, last hurrah at the newspaper. I know. He's like tiny Tim in his fixer-upper apartment, and they're tapping away on his computer, his poor pregnant wife, she's wrapped in a shawl, they're poor, you know, they've got the broken fridge, you know, they've got those brown cabinets in the kitchen, it's all bad, yes. I know. You know, I I know journalists from the LA Times, I've been to their homes, they don't look like that, I mean... I mean, you don't have to live like Tiny Tim. No, no I, I mean, don't that was so. like a college dorm room. Like, I, we get it. They're poor. They're poor journalists living on the, on the edge. But they were also grownups. I think they would have used a pop of color somewhere in the house. It was just like, yeah. And I mean, she's having twins. Where was where 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 was the changing table, Leanne? Where were the bassinets? Where yeah, was she's having ch- twins like any minute? Like, yes, <laughs> any minute. Yes. Um. So, yeah, so that that's the setup, that we meet Neil, the journalist, 
So we definitely get the sense that he's got a chip on his shoulder, that he you can't pull the wool over near Neil's eyes. He's a hardened war correspondent. Yeah, he's got that flak jacket on, you know. Constantly, I mean he's not wearing yeah. he's not wearing a helmet, but you yeah. know, other than that, you know, I mean he sort of made me nervous. Didn't he make you nervous? I think I was that like, was Ooh. the point. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think that was the point is that really when you go into those sort of immersive interview situations, you don't know how you're going to come out. Now, for people right. who don't know, I write for magazines. Usually I write columns like, you know, humor slice of life. columns. Yeah. You're nicely. And you're, you know, know. I'm not, a, I'm not comparing you don't myself have a perma, to perma yeah. puss on your face. Right. I'm just saying that I just finished doing a cover profile of three female executives for Pasadena magazine. And, you know, you don't really know how those stories are going to turn out. Like you, th- I, I mean, I'm only going in, I'm not trying to catch them doing anything. I'm trying to write positive profiles of them, but fair, you know, and interesting. And, uh, you hope that something emerges. You hope they don't reveal themselves. I do anyway, not to be <laughs> terrible people. And the women I interviewed were lovely, but you know, Neil's got a lot of anxiety. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't really know. And it's clear we learn at the end, in the middle of the show, basically, the papers assigned him this because they think she's going to be, you know, the next president, at least a candidate for president. Well, so we, we, of course, know that as well. We right? know that we've as been, well. We, we've been tracking her. Yes. yes that's, uh, yes. she's a likely uh, candidate. Yeah. So that's, that's the setup is we have Neil, chip on his shoulder, something to prove, not necessarily a fan of the whole MSEC approach to things. And so we're supposed to be on edge the whole time. So that's good. Okay, so we get this set up, and then boom, we're just into the storyline. And we're not, we're not, we don't have to break down three storylines this time because <laughs> no, there was just we one don't. narrative. It was a relief. Right. <laughs> it's a relief. It's hard. I mean, so that weaving and bobbing back and forth. Yes, I agree, Liam. Yeah. So Neil gets in. Uh, gets in the elevator with Daisy. Like he, his name's not on the list. So immediately, that was a good little. Bit. I thought at the beginning when his name is not on the list at the State Department, that's right. just a slight bit of humiliation for him. And that mm-hmm. was like Daisy putting him in his place, I thought. I liked it. Yeah. I mean, Daisy came out yeah. hot. Yeah. And she was she was all over this guy. She didn't want she didn't want him to get into MSEX business. She was uh, this was not her choice or her recommendation. And she just wanted to go on record. Do you yeah. think press secretaries really push correspondence around like that? I don't know. I, I I don't know if they do that. I don't know. I was surprised at that, but we saw in this episode two communications right, directors treat this guy, uh, you know, with contempt. So it, seems like, a, yeah. it seems like a risky strategy. Like yeah. the guy is from allegedly like the, the Washington Chronicle, the Washington Post. So you, I, I'm not sure. That seemed a little... I don't know, but that was Daisy's attitude and she stuck with it the whole time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, so there he is now, and good. He showed up, Madam Secretary's there to greet him off the elevator. You know, she doesn't have pastries, but just about, she's trying to be friendly with him. And then it's like softball, softball, softball. They all butter him up. Oh, loved yep. your book on Syria. Loved right. your war coverage from Afghanistan. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Oldest well, they book. are probably the few people that read those books. Lately. Yes. So it's quite possible that they that they did feel that way. But yes, yes you know, they they have to be nice to the stranger in the room. Yeah. 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 And, and then, he's got that little notepad and he's writing things down and they're constantly telling him it's off the record. It's off the record. Right. Right. It did surprise me. It wasn't a, they confiscated his phone. 
I don't know how. Well, I think that's pretty standard in a lot of embassies, Leanne. I know that they take away your phones as you go into embassies. Yeah. Yeah. Just so you know, like, it's hard to write exact quotes down, though, in real time. <laughs> So, I mean, again, as well, you're someone... a real writer, Leon. I mean, he's just on TV pretending to be a writer. That's the difference, Leon. You know what it really takes. He doesn't, Mr. Permapus. He doesn't know. He just <laughs> puts the flak jacket on, takes his little notepad. He thinks he's playing the role of a writer. Okay. So, and good luck. I mean, I mean, he. I mean, good news because, of course, there's a humanitarian crisis that he steps right into. Just yep. a political hot potato, you know, happening at the meeting. Also ripped from the headlines. So once again, the Madam Secretary writers who are writing months in advance have have already set up this story with a couple of earlier episodes. So now we see some of these Honduran res- refugees. They're overwhelming the Mexico-United States border. We saw the show four or five episodes ago about, you know, the corrupt uh, Honduran, Honduran female president that, you know, kidnapped her own people to win the election. We had that set up. And now we see the aftermath of that, that there are unaccompanied minors there. Their parents have sent them north because they're afraid they're going to be swept up in the gang violence. And the president of Mexico was calling for help. And Bess and the team want to do some, you know, asylum, asylum visas, but, oh, there's an immigration bill going through the Senate right now, and this is going to, you know, they may lose votes on this if it looks like they're trying to sneak these people into the country, which they are. So, yeah. But you know, Bess, she's not afraid of making tough choices. You know, uh, she's not afraid of coming up with creative light bulb solutions to any diplomatic situation. Yeah. And she's she's got quite a few. We also yeah, have quite does. a few super solid lines. Like I just I thought this was a well written episode. It was it was sort of a fantasy of how you think interviews are going to go and getting out your sassy lines. <laughs> like everybody had some good sassy lines. Like the journalist asked questions like, "Do you find your humanity shaken on a daily basis?" And Matt's like. My gosh, it's not even noon yet. Hold back those questions or, you know, what else do you feel guilty about when Bess was confessing in the motorcade en route to a, en route to a women's summit, you know, and everyone in the backseat's like, don't tell him, don't tell him anything. <laughs> I know. I mean, she did seem kind of glum. She seemed kind of down. I mean, maybe because she he was asking her those questions and she was doing a lot of introspection. But I thought she seemed extremely serious uh, in the first part of this episode. Well, I think you would be if you had a reporter tailing you. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't want that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not even you, Liam, even if you followed me around for 48 hours, <laughs> it would be too much for me, Liam. I would crack. I tell you all my secrets. I mean, remember when CBS News did a did that piece on us, CBS Sunday Morning, yeah. and our executive producer said, "Oh, don't talk during the commercials. You don't want them to pick up something you don't want to hear." You know, I repeated did. a million did. times. So yeah. we didn't, and the guys were like, the crew was like, "It's kind of weird. You don't talk during the commercials." We're like, "Nope, no, we never talk." <laughs> nope. Uh, zip, zip, yep. just keep yep. it zipped. <laughs> yep. Don't want it to come back to haunt us. All right, so. They're going to this women's summit, and who happens to be there but uh, Amina, who is the high-ranking Afghani woman that Bess sort of shafted when she was negotiating a new government in Afghanistan, yeah. right? So uh, so Amina was a female leader, she, and 
the Taliban was they were trying to bring like the Taliban on board to have seats uh, in the government, um, the new Taliban, the Taliban that was going to be different than the old Taliban. But the only thing they didn't want was any females in leadership positions. So Bess agreed to that. Her old friend Amina is out. And she, you know, also, Julie, bone to pick, chip on her shoulder, potentially explosive. And because this guy, of course, was a war correspondent in, Af- in Afghanistan, he knows all this. He knows the significance yeah, of no, this. No, I, mean. I, when, he, when, uh, when the, Neil gave her, gave uh, her, her card, to, when she took his card and they agreed to meet, I was like, don't do it, don't do it. She, I thought she was really going to roll on Madam Secretary there. I thought she was really going to you know, um, be very critical. So I was you know, Julie, that's called good writing and building. <laughs> I was, you see, I was on the building edge. tension. You bought in, right. That's I, what I we were on, supposed yeah, to think. I was on the edge of my seat watching this. I was just making, it was making me very nervous the whole time. Yeah. So, um, so what we learn is that, yeah, they're going to meet later and we're supposed to think that they're going to spill the beans and, and you know, she could. Uh, so meanwhile, you know, again, and then there's another like deep probing question. It's not easy confronting human misery. You know, I mean, that's I know, I know. All these things cool. are true. Like they have a very. I know that's job. what I mean. It was really kind of, it was so seriously, and yeah. it was it was yeah. very yeah. Which I mean, she wanted to maintain that demeanor certainly. Yes. Yeah, it wasn't right. the goofy. You know, it wasn't goofy Beth. No, it wasn't fooling around in this episode. Yeah. yeah. Um. No, she was w- w- looking at her legacy, basically, sort of forced to confront her legacy. And uh, and then he gets to go home with her. And that really surprised me. <laughs> I did, too. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it also surprised our girl, Stevie, who just Stevie stepped- was a mess. What was wrong with her, Leanne? Like one question and she crumbled. She was like a mess. Like she has a decent job. She's an intern in the White House. Okay. She was selected for that. She works for the chief of staff and she was there tossing that salad and bumbling and fumbling around and apologizing and diminishing herself and diminishing the job. I was just, I was shocked. Well, she did not appreciate his charge of nepotism. Right. I know she was, and she had no answer for that. She was just, she was a wreck. She usually, in the last couple of episodes, you know, she's had a lot more self-confidence. She's been, you know, she knows what she's doing, you know, doing, and she's done a good job in this intern role. And she was like pretending like, well, it's not really a job. It's, I don't know how long I'm going to stay there. I got into law school, but I might not go to law school. She just seemed like a wreck. Yeah. Yeah. She definitely, she definitely felt that nepotism question. And then Henry comes in and has a really great response. You know, when you grow up in the house of an ethicist, you, you know, a charge of nepotism is a pretty serious charge. And then he completely like just pulls the rug out underneath the quote, searching for the truth that this reporter claims to be doing. So I thought that was also an excellent exchange in the kitchen. And Henry looked fine. Um, So (laughs) yeah. So, and Henry was not, he was not, he was not getting baited into that. Like, oh, you worked in intelligence. <laughs> yeah. No, no, he wasn't going yeah. there. No. And Henry could have said, yes, I'm the world's worst spy. And I've re- retired from that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so after this dinner, which is terrible and awkward, I mean, you have to love Jason when he just says, <laughs> love, is, love is a lie. <laughs> That's what he wants to I tell know. the reporter. Um, uh, he goes off to meet with the Afghan female leader who does not roll on best, does not throw her under the bus. In fact, says just the opposite, that it would not be popular in my country 
but I feel like, you know, what I did was really for the best. And you know what? I, I thought that was a, that was a pretty powerful, thoughtful scene. Again, very unexpected, you know, and there are parts mm-hmm. of the world where it's not black and white, where you have to do things like that. And it's, it's, uh, and she made that very clear. And I think, yeah, there were surprised. a lot of twists and turns in this. I yeah. kind of, when I thought it was the, it was the reporter who was going to be doing this profile, I just assumed it was going to be, end up being some terrible smear campaign and that the most of the episode would be about them responding to oh. whatever da- damaging thing he wrote in his article. So it was very interesting that it wasn't that, that it was more about how he was, you know, getting all these different images and angles on Madam Secretary. And, you know, what was he going to do with that information? Was he going to, you know, was he going to report it straight up or what did he, was he going to put a spin on it? But then the plot thickens, right, Leon? Right. Well, this is where the comedy comes in, Julie, because then a publisher approaches him on the street and offers him a $200,000 publishing deal. That happens a lot, doesn't it, Liam? <laughs> Very often. You know what, Julie? Almost every day out in front of my house, someone stops me and says, Hey, Leon, would you like hundreds of thousands of dollars to write a book? <laughs> in the dark. Yeah, I, I like it that this, this, this woman just approached him in the dark with yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, and he is approached by a, sort of a tell-all publisher. They have some oppo research on Madam Secretary. They have a file on her. Yeah, they and, have a dirty thumb drive. Yeah. Not a dirty dossier, but a dirty thumb drive. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, they they know they must have some intel on this this poor journalist that his fridge is broken and he needs that money. <laughs> so, and that he's tiny Tim. Yeah. He's tiny Tim and he's about to have two babies. Yeah. Yes. So uh so he takes the envelope and he discusses it with his wife, who's like, She's almost on board with that, I would say, actually. She, you know, she said, well, this is a pretty straightforward publishing deal and blah, blah, blah. But um, he's he doesn't even want to look at the research. He's deciding what to do. He doesn't want to look at the research. Uh, but, you know, at least the fridge is working again. At least she got him a beer. So was that, um, that was like I was – and again, that I was on edge then too because here she is nine months pregnant and she's cracking open that beer. I was I like, don't drink the beer. But she gave it to her – the permapost husband there. So that was, that was nice. Yeah. But, um, okay. So this is where we see Madam secretary in deal-making mode for the second half of the show. You know, the Senator Smarmy that she hates, of course, he finds out about the Hondurans and the, uh, asylum and he goes out and holds a press conference. How, how dare they? We're not going to do this, blah, 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 trying to sneak it past us. I'm going to pull my votes, the support for the immigration bill. And it turns out really just to be, um, kind of a, he, he's tricky. He sneaks one past Madam Secretary. He wants to get her riled up because he has a, he has a donor who runs a private prison uh, company who, you know, wants something else. So their deals. It's, it's to be always made. about some side deal, some yeah. backroom stuff, isn't it? Liam? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so Bess has to then come up with the solution. She goes to see Russell. And of course that's all off the record. Uh, but we see once again, Stevie's like humiliated. I'm just going to go to work. I'm not going to talk. I'm just the intern. You know, I, I don't like this journalist. Uh, I kind of like that actually. I, I didn't think that was bad. I like that. Well, then, I just, yeah, she, maybe Dimitri needs to come back from Alaska yeah. or something like that. Leon. I don't know. Oh, what, what if the guy knew that? What, what if the reporter, what if Neil knew that story? 
That's yeah. the okay. story Maybe you should be Maybe that was at. on the dirty thumb drive. Who knows? Who knows, Liam? Yeah. So, uh, so then Russell says, well, why don't we use all the dirt we have on, you know, Senator Smarmy's wife? Now's the time. And of course, Bess has the opportunity to go, we don't use oppo. We don't do that. And Roro, like the, the reporter sitting there on the dirty thumb drive, you know, yeah. he knows that it's all out there. I think she even says something like anyone worth their salt has opposition research on them in Washington. Exactly. We all have a file. So we, I mean, well, she worked for the CIA. Yeah. So, you know, she has, again, sort of ripped from the headlines. You know, she has to answer for her days when she worked at the CIA. Yeah. So, um, so, and then she goes to a private club and she hunts down the prison guy. She um, just barges right in. I love it. She's constantly barging into offices, into meetings, into the situation room, into private clubs. They don't know what to do, but I like that she takes Blake with him because, you know, he look, he always looks good. Yes. So yeah. if you're going to go into a private club, go with Blake. Yeah. So, uh, and she, she puts the prison guy on the spot, but off the record, like, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Like, Hey, you know, those private prisons, you're, you're going out of business. You're going bankrupt. You need more prisoners. Well, we don't want that, but look, we have all these refugees you can house in your private prison. If you, you know, if the Senator can vote on the immigration deal, we'll give you this. I liked when she said you have 24 hours and then I'm going to your competitors. <laughs> I know. I mean, as if that's the way it really rolls, you know, but, but whatever she's like, you know, I like it. It's a light bulb solution yeah. and she, she gets it done. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and that, but the journalist is shocked. Like, how can you do that deal? How can, how can you do that? Like that guy's unethical. You know, he's done terrible things to lock up minorities uh, to lock up youth. And, you know, how can you deal with him? And then, you know, she has to say basically like, if I, if I, I couldn't get out of bed, if I thought about the things people were saying about me, like, I just have to make the best personal decision I can and move on. Like, right. and he challenges her on a couple of other things, uh, enhanced torture that she may have overseen, um, the Iran deal that she oversaw. And, you know, she just answers straightforward. Like I, I did my best at the time. So, um, and, uh, and then she goes off Then it's like the great speech. Then she goes off to, of course, the kids essay contest winners about like what it is to be an American. Was that the subject or why? I know, Leanne, I love this. And I think it is one of my favorite parts of Madam Secretary is when she gives a speech because there's just, first of all, the speeches are pretty good, well-written. And then secondly, that there's that swelling music, you know, yeah. that patriotic music that comes up. And wouldn't you just love that? Isn't that what we all have in our minds that when we're in a meeting, <laughs> we're trying to make a point that there would be this swell of music you know, when she talks about tyranny and the truth and music and it's, I mean, it's just great. In yeah. fact, I enjoy that. I like it when she does the speeches. I don't like it when she speechifies in just the regular dialogue, you know, when she lectures a little too much sometimes. But these speeches, A plus, A plus. Yeah, yeah, that that was a great one. And even the journalist says to Matt, oh, good speech. And Matt says that was all her. So, yeah. and there's, that's when there's like a light bulb that goes off with the journalists, like, oh, she, she kind of is the real deal, you know? So he's finishing up the story. He's on deadline, two more hours to go. And, oh, the wife is about to have the twins. She's having contractions and they have to run to the, uh, the hospital and he almost forgets his laptop. Did that make you nervous, Julie? Yes, it did make me nervous. <laughs> I was like, you better take the laptop with you, you know? <laughs> My dog has literally been barking for 20 minutes. Have you heard? 
I can't. Not not that much. You can't hear. Okay, one second. No, it's it's okay. I think we're going to have to change the time of taping the show. It seems to coordinate perfectly with mail delivery, and that's oh, that, that's, that's it. That's it's her big bark fest. It's her okay. big twenty minutes. She watches. She barks at him as he goes up and down the street, every house. Okay, Leanne, right. uh, can we talk about the baby? Because oh. I feel well. You uh, you think the baby was pretty cute? I right? do. I thought that was a cute baby, but I feel gypped, Leanne, because we only saw one baby. <laughs> Did they not have enough production costs to get? two babies they made it very specific that she was having twins so when you see neil holding a baby i was like what wait a minute how come there's only one baby and when he says like oh well the other baby's just over there that does not work i mean if you're having (laughs) twins we want to see both of those babies and what was he doing with that baby out in the germy hall i don't know madam secretary knew that when she showed up with I love it. She brought the wet dry vac, Leon. It's a callback. She's doing it. Yeah. That's her signature gift yeah. that she has given out at various points. And it's a very good present for new parents because, you know, they're going to have a lot of Cheerios on the floor and stuff like that yeah. with two babies. But I think that was some production cut that they couldn't afford the twin babies. <laughs> so they just. The showed- irony, Julie, is they probably had to have three babies on set just to get well, that one baby to look like that. Well, they right? needed six babies then Leon, because yeah. you know yeah so anyway when when i when um one of the women in my mother's group had triplets when my yep. son was born 23 years ago and um they were the they were the friends baby Remember, oh you know okay. when yeah oh they, because she well, had of course triplets. you have friends that have celebrity babies <laughs> like okay because you live in pasadena yeah yeah Close okay. to the set. That's it, they literally needed triplets to like because the babies could only work like twelve minutes. See, they don't yeah. actually work babies that hard, so it's a little hard. <laughs> well, but, yeah. isn't that a nice thing, Liam? But they um, I mean, that was the college fund. Yeah, being the being the kid, being the kid on okay. Um, Friends. Okay, um, being Ross's son. We, de- we derailed on <laughs> sorry derailed on babies, but I was a little miffed and confused when I only saw the one baby. So yes. So he's taken his laptop to the hospital, you know, somehow he's managed to, you know, help his wife give birth to two, you know, to the twins, although we only see evidence of one baby. Uh, And he's managed to file his story too. Right. He did. Yeah. Because, you know, she's seen it when, by the time she arrives, she's seen the story and, you know, she has no issues with it. Fair story. I know, which is just amazing to me. Yes. That, that when someone writes, you know, a 48 hour profile of me, I, and I'm sure I'm going to say, yes, I'm really glad you brought out both sides of the story, you know, and all different angles. No, I mean, she was just very accepting of it and, you know, without criticizing any of his comments. So that was amazing to me. Again, she has ambitions, Julie. So she is playing she the is long playing game. the long game, I believe, okay. with her relationship with Neil. We may see our friend Neil back as the communications director on her campaign. That is so interesting you said that, Leanne, because I was thinking the same oh, thing. That maybe he would be the press secretary. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah the oh, campaign oh. person. Because yeah. that I thought it was actually a very sweet moment when he said to his little baby, She's gonna be the president of the United States. I thought that yeah. was cute. Yeah, but I feel so badly for that other baby. That's all. <laughs> can't. Well, the camera. other baby was nursing, you know, so they got their lactivism in too. I, I like that. All right. So Neil, who's so appreciative of the wet vac and her reaction, 
decides to turn over the oppo research to madam secretary so uh-huh. again he couldn't get in before to the state department when he was supposed to be covering her but now he can just walk in and out so <laughs> he he brings her the opposition research and she takes the thumb drive and then she gives it back to him she's like i know what's in there and mm-hmm. i i liked that I like that moment. Yeah, I do too. Because, you know, again, she's worked for the CIA. She yep. knows the deeds she's done. Yep. So she's, you know, she has made peace with that. Okay. And then, um, so on his way out, he sees Blake there. And because he's had experience with Blake at the private club, he gives Blake the thumb drive. I so like that think, touch too. What do you think Blake is going to do with it? Oh, Blake's going to look at it and keep it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Blake okay. is loyal. Blake is a loyal guy, Joel. I know, so, but if there's one thumb drive, Leon, there could be a hundred thumb drives. I, I know. Right. Okay. I know. But it was a nice gesture. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just and it wasn't like this is the only thumb drive. It's like this is what they have. Like right. it's not like it's they're destroying the evidence. It's just you should know what you're gonna be up against. So that was the episode. Uh, and we were grateful. Single storyline. Um, yeah, no dishwashing. We did see some dinner preparation, mm-hmm. uh, but not, not a lot of domestic life this time. But I enjoyed, I enjoyed that. Now, um, Julie, did you notice the Hellman's ad that now they're changing the Hellman's mayonnaise? How do you feel about that? That's blasphemy. <laughs> blasphemy, Leon. What is up with that? Very disturbing ads this time. Okay, yes, about the bad news about the Hellman's. And what about Abby on NCIS? I know. <laughs> Did you see they, they're going to kill her off, Liam? I mean, I mean, she's been on that show for ever. 15, 20 seasons. Okay. <laughs> she's integral. I mean, why couldn't she just retire? Why do they have to kill her? I don't understand. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen a new episode of that show in quite some time. But well, but you I was know surprised plays- how bad they all looked in that promo, frankly. <laughs> so, um, again, people are allowed to age. I get it. It just kind of surprised me because I'm used to seeing the reruns. <laughs> okay. And then I'm sad that the Facebook ads are working on me. They're pulling me back in, Facebook, with that oh, campaign. Um, all right. So Binders Full of Blouses, though, very strong show for drop earrings, I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. very like in almost every scene, she had on kind of casual, fun drop earrings. So I like that. And there was the strong scarf game, uh, particularly oh. at the end. That was a good I scarf. I love that. I love yeah. that. Lynn, I want to do a special shout out to that lovely pale blue blouse that she wore in the last scene. And it had that biggest, softest bow tie yeah. that, I mean, that, that was the best blouse of, of the, of the entire season. Okay. As as I'm concerned, Lynn. <laughs> It was beautiful. Okay. Rather, you know, because I've been critical of some of the blouses yes. she's been wearing. Yeah. I love that. Okay. I mean, it wasn't tucked in in the back. I, I, I mean, I know they want to make some kind of statement that she's a serious person and she doesn't care if her shirt's not tucked in. But I would like to see it tucked in, you know. <laughs> but, but it's a beautiful front. Yeah. Very, very pretty. Okay. Excellent. All right. Well, the next two weeks, I am going to be out of the country. I don't say that often, but I am. So You're doing uh, your own kind of time travel, aren't you, Leanne? I am. You're going and, on assignment? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And my goal is to just n- tune out of American news in general. So I'm pretty psyched about that. <laughs> I feel like okay. I'm going on vacation from the media. I'm looking that forward to it. That will be it. good. I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah. I think you'll be renewed and revived. Yeah. And, you know, you really won't have missed anything. So no. it will all be here when you it return. Will- <laughs> That's the sad part. It will. It will all be here. Yes. Um, so 
but our so that will include the season finale. So when I get back, we will do a season finale wrap up and recap, but it will be probably about a week after the season finale. Right. So so this is going to be yeah, a double header blockbuster. Yeah. Yep. yeah. That's what we're calling it and yep. it's going to be worth the wait. Uh, we, we, you know, we will be our final comments of the season. So it really will be extra special. And Leon will have be so renewed and revived. Uh, you're going to bring a special energy to that show, Leon. I know. I, I will. Fresh eyes, Julie. Fresh eyes on our role in the world. We're the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sister.